traveling the world searching for equestrians of all breeds. The journey starts now on the International Equine Network. Good afternoon, horsemen. This is Scott Miller coming to you live from Delray Beach, Florida at beautiful Sunshine Meadows, and that's what it is today. It's all sunshine here. We got through a lot of cold weather, certainly not as much as we had uh, up at our friends up in the Northeast and in Kentucky, but the weather's uh, good. It's getting back to good Chamber of Commerce weather, weather here, and, um, you know, we hope everybody enjoys their stay down here. Uh, we had a great weekend and, and week last week in the, in the industry. Um, all kinds of equine events are going on. We're in the, uh, the main uh, flow of the winter season here in Florida for all the people that we're talking uh, to over the last week or so. And we're going to start off. Um, we had Brittany on last week uh, with um, the TIP program, the Thoroughbred Incentive Program. And so, um, you know, she, she told us all about that. And so we're going to give you a little bit of an update on the 2022 chip, uh, TIP, uh, championships. Um, in 2022, tip championships returns to Stableview. Uh, the Jockey Club Thoroughbred Incentive Program announced February 1st that the tip championships, um, in Hunters, Jumpers, Combined Test, English, Pleasure and English in hand will return uh, this year to uh, Stable View in Aiken, South Carolina. This event uh, will also include an East Coast Dressage Tip Championship show. And the show will kick off with a welcome party on the evening of October the 6th and will run through October the 9th. We are thrilled in returning to Stable View for Tip Championships in 2022, said Christian Warner. Senior Counselor for the Jockey Club and Administrator of uh, the Tip Thoroughbreds continue to prove their versatility uh, across a wide range of disciplines, and we're excited to again to team up with Stableview to showcase and promote Thoroughbreds' abilities beyond the racetrack. We look forward to returning uh, to return Tip Championships to Stableview, and our intention is to make the event better than last year, said Barry and Cindy uh, Olaf, owners of the United States Equestrian uh, Federation Elite Training Center. With an added day of competition and recent uh, completion of the sixth arena, we are prepared to welcome even more entries. As a bonus this year, our riders' lunges will be stocked and well-lit with uh, and have refreshments during the day, followed by Stable View signature graze and gaze each evening. Qualifying information is available on the TIP website here. Prize lists will be made available for the event uh, in the spring, uh, in this coming spring. TIP previously announced that the dates of the Western TIP Championship and Central Decide Championships will be held in conjunction with the Retired Racehorse Project's 2022 Thoroughbred Makeover and National um, Synopsis um, presented by the Thoroughbred, Char- Char- Thoroughbred Charities of America October 12th through the 15th at the Kentucky Horse Park. Created and announced in October 2011, TIP recognizes and rewards the versatility of the Thoroughbreds through sponsorships of the Thoroughbred classes at High Point Awards at sanctioned horse shows, performance awards, and non-competition awards. In addition to the complete schedule of TIP, sponsored shows other information about the program is available on the TIP website, uh, at, or you can go to TIP on Facebook at facebook.com, TJCTIP. So, you know, it's all coming around for everybody and, and everything, and uh, we're trying to get through it. Uh, you know, the shows go better than I do on my show here. I guarantee you that the announcers are a lot better on there. They, they don't struggle like I do because they're real professionals. But uh, that's what we're doing here on IEN is trying to make announcements such as the TIP program. And if you have an organization or association uh, or a breed uh, that you'd like to uh, get out there to the public, uh, just give us a call at force. If, 
1272 and let us know uh, exactly what you have, or you can email us at ienequitv uh, at gmail.com. You can do that and everything. So um, we have a, a great thing that's coming up here um, to show you how outside interests are getting uh, um, involved in the horse business. Uh, we've had several uh, a month or so ago, we had an art show here that uh, went over very well. Uh, it was the first art show that we'd had here at Sunshine Meadows. And um, all the, the organizer and all the participants really enjoyed uh, their their weekend here with us. And they asked if they could come back again. And so, um, I, you know, uh, Brandon Mills, the general manager here, uh, told them they were more than welcome to come back again and do another show. And we didn't realize how quick it was going to turn around. Um, Saturday, February 12th, paint out at Sunshine Meadows. Um, it's a really uh, a nice program that uh, they have. And um, Debbie wanted to thank you all for the uh, all of the artists that have participated in the paint outs and event date. Uh, we are sending this form information to future dates and welcome new few uh, few new artists uh, to paint outs and future and their future events. Um, it, this is really great because uh, Sunshine Meadows Equestrian Village paint out an event opportunity. Welcome to the 2022 season um, to plan air paint outs and events. We are sending an email to provide guidance uh, for the um, Saturday, uh, uh, February 12th event uh, to the paint out. And it's really great, uh, you know, here. Um, it's different uh, about artists because they, they know the horses from a visual aspect, but they don't know them as a, um, you know, as a handling prospect or being around them. But everything went good in that first show, and we were really exciting and everything. Um, coming here to Sunshine Meadows, we're going to give them the opportunity um, to paint harness horses in training, race horses in training, and riding lessons. Um, it's really great for the artists because there's so many things that they can do, you know, here uh, with us um, that they have. Um, bring everything you need uh, to be self-sufficient at the event, rain or shine, you may consider the following. Set up a canopy. The event will be on a grassy location um, and held rain or shine. Uh, pedestals, tablets uh, to set up sculptures and other tabletop items. Uh, easels uh, for paint uh, for painted and uh, or photograph works artworks that, that they'll be trying to sell in. Uh, marketing materials for the artists these artists will be responsible to sell their own artwork prepare to uh, accept cash checks and credit cards all artwork sold um, we are requesting a 20% commission donation to the art organization uh, and prepare uh, for weather, comfort, water, food, and snacks will also be there. We plan to have food trucks on the on the location. So, you know, th this is one of the things that uh, we're trying to promote for the horse business. Um, it indirectly affects the horse business because a lot of these um, people that come out here uh, to do the art and everything actually sell their paintings. Um, to uh, a lot of the equestrians that are out here. We've had some of the owners of the horses have requested that uh, they have portraits done of their horses or their family and their kids or their farm. So, you know, it's not only giving uh, the horse people, um, you know, things to add to their farm and to their business, but it's also creating, uh, you know, income for the, for the artists, uh, for the artists that, that are out here. And so we're excited about that, and they're really a great group to be around. Um, we have some of the uh, artists that come out have uh, won Breeders' Cup races and, and uh, run good in the Kentucky Derby. And then there's other ones that uh, just like a pretty horse, and uh, they like to paint them and uh, photograph them. And it's, and it's really nice, you know, for them to get around and get to know us and, and, and us to get to know them. And it really helps us with our business because it's all part of a, the equine culture. Um, you know, historically, you've seen uh, a lot of paintings, uh, famous paintings uh, all across the world that, that have uh, horses in them. And, and back in the day, 
um, especially in Europe, the horse is all part of your daily life. Um, just about everybody had uh, something to do uh, or been involved with the horse organizations. Uh, and so, uh, you know, it's kind of quite, quite exciting. So, you know, who knows? You might come out here and see a famous horse, or you might come out here and get your own portrait made and everything. So, um, you know, that's what we're looking for. It's on February 12th at Sunshine Meadows in Delray Beach, Florida. It's all free to spectators. Um, now we're getting into Quest for Equine Gold. Uh, the season's starting to ramp up. Um, this week we're featuring Tryon um, International Equestrian Center in uh, North Carolina. It says um, uh, on February 3rd, which which was um, uh, today, um, we had the inaugural winter indoor series features four weeks of unrated hunter jumper competition in the TIEC indoor complex stalls. Uh, stalls are limited and available on first come first serve. Um, said uh, buy uh, on the first come first serve bias. I uh, said, so join, join Tyron, uh, Tryon International for the winter indoor, uh, indoor season. Um, so that starts today and uh, it'll continue on for the next four weeks. And then, um, we, we have a, a different item here that they have, and all the venues now are starting to, uh, open up to a variety of different things. And then, um, they have a restaurant in Tryon, uh, International Equestrian Center. It's called Pairings. Pairings at Tryon Resort. Sushi and Sake. Uh, so I hope I said that right. Uh, join us for a fantastic dining experience at Tryon Resort. Sushi and Sake will feature four course experience paired with a variety of sakes and chefs. James demonstrating the mastery of this time-tested classic. This is a don't-mess event. Dates are Saturday, February 5th, 6 p.m., doors open. Um, let's see here. Uh, dinner can take up to two and a half hours uh, to complete. Location, Leg Legends uh, Club lobby price, four-course pairing, $80 per person. Uh, and so, you know, it's relatively inexpensive. Um, and some might you will say, well, that is expensive. But you're talking about taking a, a trip to... Uh, back in the past and see exactly how, um, you know, sushi is being, uh, fixed and arranged in the history of it. So that's always good and everything. Um, Sunday brunch at Legends Grill is on February 6th. It says, uh, join us for our delicious weekly Sunday brunch at Tryon's Resort Legends Grill this Sunday, February 6th from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Uh, just uh, go to the Tryon website. And uh, they'll tell you exactly what all you need to know and, uh, about going to the brunch. And that's always good to go to on Sunday, um, either before or, or you know, uh, after the show. And then um, uh, also they have um, coming up on the weekend of February 11th, they have uh, Valentine's Weekend, Comedy Night presented by Comedy Zone. Celebrate uh, Valentine's Day. A weekend at Tryon Resort and treat yourself to and your significant other to a full roster of can't miss events. Join us Friday, February 11th for the comedy night presented by Comedy Zone. One of two shows you can um, catch while celebrating Valentine's Day weekend with us. Uh, learn more about the date um, and information February 11th. Um, 8.30 p.m. location, Legends Club at Tryon Resort. Um, and so that's something to go to. And just about all these facilities in the equestrian industry have, um, uh, you know, this type of thing um, available uh, to the uh, pub, general public and, and mainly for the horsemen, uh, just to kind of get away a little bit from the, uh, uh, you know, the horse uh, end of it, you know, kind of sit back and relax and enjoy it. And then, um, so that, that's our quest for equine gold, um, uh, information for the week. I suggest you go to try on and uh, it's really a great facility and good people, real professional. Now, uh, the harness industry is looking to kick it up a notch. Um, through our friends at the blood horse, uh, they posted the other day that uh, groundbreaking of Cumberland run harness track. Uh, 
uh, joint venture of Ron Winchell and Marie Falcone's ECL Racing Management in Keeneland. So now you got some big heavy hitters getting involved in the Cumberland Run, uh, run Harness Track. Uh, this is uh, something that's been needed for the industry. We haven't had a new track in the harness industry for quite a while, and it seems to be going over fairly good in Kentucky. It's just, Bringing horse racing back to the eastern Kentucky took another step forward. Um, forward, thirty uh, on three one, with the groundbreaking for Cumberland Run Harness Track. Cumberland Run and Cumberland Mint, a satellite historical horse racing venue in nearby Williamsburg, are a joint venture between Ron Winchell and Mark Falcone's ECL Racing Management and Keeneland Association in Lexington. Winchell and Falcone are the majority owners and the managing partners uh, in Kentucky Downs, which Kentucky Downs is a great European-style track, and uh, they offer a lot of purse money, and they get a lot of a lot of support from the community and, and from the Horsemen's Association. Uh, and, um, Winchell and Falcone are majority owners and managing partners in Kentucky Downs in the Mint Gambling Hall in Franklin, South Central, Kentucky, between Bowling Green and Nashville. It says projects call for construction to be done in time for Cumberland Run to conduct an October 16th through November 8th meet uh, on the Corbin property at, at uh, 75 Buck, um, Buckingham um, Boulevard off Corbin Bypass. Combined investments in both enterprises will be about $80 million and for with more than 200 year-round jobs expected to be created. So in Kentucky, that, that's really good to help the community and create new jobs there for the people that are there. And you got to remember one thing, that when uh, tracks like this open up, they create a lot more than just jobs, jobs there. Uh, they create a fan base that's going to go to uh, uh, your restaurants to eat. It's going to go to... Uh, uh, your Walmarts, and, and they're going to go to the doctor, and they're going to go to hotels, and they're going to rent houses, and uh, you know they're going to really support the uh, community financially, and that's one of the greatest things about these uh, tracks that are opening up. It's adding new uh, dollars to uh, to the communities, and a lot of communities can use that uh, this this time of, of year and have something for them to look for. Um, uh, Cumberland Run and Cumberland Mint represent an $80 million investment in Kentucky's tourism and horse racing industries and serve as another example of the economic momentum that uh, we are experiencing. Uh, it's reaching every community in the Commonwealth, said Governor um, Andy Bashir. The, the exciting new attractions will create good-paying jobs for the Kentuckians and will attract new travel markets for southwestern Kentucky, and that's what I just said. You know, it, it helps everybody out that's involved with it. Um, says Governor Bashir was joined with Senate, Pre uh, Senate President uh, Robert Stivers, Senate Majority Floor Leader Damon Thayer, and, Rep and Representative Tom O'Dell Smith for the ceremony, uh, signifying that the start of construction will be provide Commonwealth with third standard bread track. And, and that's pretty good. In the last couple of years, they haven't they haven't had three tracks, just the Red Mile in Lexington. And so now they have three. Harness racing is a long-time story um, history in Kentucky. Think uh, Dan Patch, Greyhound, and Niatros at Red Mile, said Stivers, um, whose district includes Corbin. After being on the ropes, uh, there has been a substantial rebound for the standard bread industry. We added historical racing and a natural, uh, a natural addition and attractive to, uh, tourism draw to the Commonwealth. And Cumberland Run will be important cog in getting harness circuit back in Kentucky revitalized again. Um, one of the things that they had um, uh, years ago when they, they lost the harness industry, and just to show you, when you say you know, they lost harness racing in Kentucky. Uh, what it is, is you don't think about uh, the other things that are affected there, such as the farms, the breeding farms, the training farms, um, you know, uh, the sales industry. Uh, all those uh, go by the wayside when you when you lose an industry like that. 
and it makes it very difficult, um, you know, for uh, people in that area to find other jobs because most of the people that are in the horse business are, you know, trained and qualified in the horse business, uh, and they don't have uh, uh, other skills that they can fall back on to replace that, um, you know, that horse equine skills that they have. It's just a, Cumberland uh, Run will be the first horse track in eastern Kentucky since Thunder Ridge, uh, also a harness track in Prestonburg, closed in 2017. Cumberland Run Run would not have become a reality without the leadership of state and local officials, Falcone said. Our our sincerest thanks to Governor Bashir, President Stivers, leader there, and Representative Tom Smith for their strong support of this project and racing throughout the Commonwealth. We are also grateful to the guidance of the Corbin Mayor, Susie Rasmus, uh, Knox, County Jug uh, Executive Mike Mitchell, and Economic Director Bruce Carpenter, without whom this would not have been possible. Last year, Corbin's dates were held at the Red Mile Harness Track in Lexington with the meet funded by the new track's owners. Mitchell said then that they wanted to show their commitment to the harness and racing and, and didn't want to um, set out this next coming season, you know, here of the year uh, while the facility was being built. Uh, now it's important for the 2022 meet uh, to be in Corbin, he said. We want to bring these jobs out-of-state tourism dollars to Corbin, Williamsburg, and southeastern Kentucky as soon as possible, Winchell said. We want Cumberland Run and Cumberland Mint to be economic engines for the uh, tourism industry uh, in Whitley, uh, Knox, and Laurel counties. While the region is well known for spectacular natural beauty, we think uh, we'll um, we'll fill an unreserved need uh, for additional year-round entertainment options during the day into the night. Um, Kingland has worked to bring racing to Corbin uh, for a decade, teaming up with Winchell and Falcone in the project in September of 2020. Kingland is proud to work with Corbin and our friends at the Kentucky Downs on the uh, continued growth of racing in Kentucky. Kingland President and CEO Shannon Arvin said, we're especially appreciative of the support shown by the local community. Cumberland Run, which has been several years in the making, will strengthen the horse industry, generate millions in tourism dollars uh, for the region, and create a destination um, that makes all of us proud. Construction has already begun on Williamsburg Project to to open in July. Uh, So it's really, you know, fantastic that they're doing this for the standard bread industry. And, um, you know, that's what it's all about. Uh, here in, uh, in in the equine industry, and, and you're going to find out that, that um, uh, this uh, uh, this kind of follows suit from a lot of things, uh, just like we were just talking about Tryon in North Carolina. Um, they they went out into uh, North Carolina uh, in the northern part of North Carolina, and they built a a tremendous uh, uh, show horse facility. It's an internationally um, recognized uh, show horse facility, and they have many things that they have there um, for the equestrians. And uh, they bring uh, thousands of people to uh, try on each year to um, show, uh, to visit, uh, to watch the shows. Uh, they have so many things there. They have great restaurants. They try on like they will have at um, at uh, Cumberland Run. Uh, everything just kind of takes a step up you know, and makes the community more uh, likable to be in. Um, you know, uh, uh, you, you come in and, and you get uh, you get Burger Kings and you get McDonald's and you get Walmarts and, uh, and you get good housing, you get good apartment complexes. Uh, you get all the support things that um, uh, the industry needs there that benefits the whole community. And um, that's what I like about it. You don't have to participate and any of the equine events, but uh, living there allows you to enjoy some of the niceties that they have uh, uh, that will be there for it. 
So I'm excited about that to go up and see what it what it's all about, and to show you that the business is getting a little better uh, for everybody around. Uh, a lot of the tracks and everything are are starting to um, open up full uh, full measure uh, to where they can have everybody there. Um, you know, they can uh, open up their restaurants again, open up the hotels again. And, and get everything going. And, and one of the things that um, the tracks do to help the communities is offer a good purse structure. Um, Mammoth Park in Oceanport, New Jersey, uh, to offer $8.1 million in, in a stake schedule, and um, which is really good because um, when you have the big stakes, uh, uh, you, you literally just pack the place uh, with racing fans, and, and it's really good. And Mammoth Park will be led by the $1 million TVG.com Haskell Stakes at Mammoth Park. It's set to offer $8,135,000 in stakes races when the track kicks off its 77th season, May the 7th. Uh, the year's race meet will run through September 17th. will feature 50 total stakes, 10 graded events, and nine stakes restricted to New Jersey bred horses. Several stakes will see purses boost in 2022, including the United Nations, a grade one on the turf, which goes from 500000 to 600000 and has now uh, doubled its purse for the two years, uh, from more than two years ago. The Mammoth Cup is going to be from three hundred to 400000 The Molly Pritchard, a uh, grade three, will be going from two fifty to 400000 And the Windstar Matchmaker, grade three, um, turf race, uh, moving from 150,000 to 200,000. Uh, all of those races, along with the $100,000 Wolf Hill stakes, will be run on Haskell Day. And so that just goes to show you when the Haskell come out, comes around. It's a premier three-year-old three race. Um, the horses that have run in the Derby, the Preakness, and the Belmont, and the Breeders' Cup. Um, uh, it, it's a great day to plan. Uh, Mama Park's a beautiful park to go to. It's just great. It's close to the ocean. Uh, it's in New Jersey, and there's just so many things to do. And I would suggest um, not only make a weekend out of it, but uh, maybe take the whole week as a vacation-type thing to go to. In preparation for the Haskell, Mammoth will offer Haskell Preview Day with four stakes events June 18th, the TVG.com Pegasus Stakes, the Mama Stakes, the Salvador Mile uh, Stakes, and the Eatontown Stakes. These are all, all good uh, graded stakes races. And, and again, it's a preliminary to um, the Haskell Day event. So it's always good to go out and see, uh, you know, all these things that are uh, uh, coming on. That's on June 18th. And then July 23rd, um, it will be the Haskell Day program. Um, the 20th annual, 20th annual New Jersey Thoroughbred Festival the three stakes events will be renewed August 28th with $125,000 Charles Hess, the third handicap, um, headlining the card. So it's always good to go in and see uh, things that are going. The meet will conclude September 17th with the third running of the $500,000 uh, now know now stakes for two-year-olds going into uh, a mile on the turf. And what I like about uh, this is, is that, um, and we're going to go to here in a little bit, about the two-year-old races that, that are uh, being highlighted uh, for um, two-year-old races. Uh, this is a very, very nice race uh, that's coming in. Kind of gets your horse, start getting your horse ready for the Breeders' Cup, and then looking forward to, uh, you know, the three-year-old as a um, – as a derby potential uh, in here, and it's, it's good purse money, and it, and it really has uh, some good horses and good trainers that, that will attend that. Um, so we, we were excited about that, see that come along. And then um, a couple of other races here that I was looking at, and, and I always like to see uh, when you when you go to Mammoth Park, um, you know, it's not every day, it's not a big stakes day, but you can pick your days. Um, out here, uh, I, I always liked um, the uh, three-year-old uh, stakes race. It's called the Regret Stakes. 
till July 2nd. It's for three-year-olds and up fillies and mares going six furlongs on the dirt. It's a good sprint race, and it's very competitive. And you see a lot of horses come into town for that from other tracks. Um, the other one uh, that, that I also really like um, to see, uh, and, and I tell you, it, it's, it's the Salvador Mile. 150,000 for three-year-olds and up going a mile on the dirt. Um, you know, it's it's just un, unreal. It's a great uh, uh, race to watch. And then we can't forget um, the $100,000 May 29th Jersey Derby for three-year-olds going a mile on the turf. So you'll, you'll see a lot of good horses in that race that have competed in the Kentucky Derby and, and the Triple Crown races. And also um, it's always a, a good one to see. Um, now we're, we're going to get into uh, the 29th uh, of this of the last month. Um, that was a big day day in horse racing. Uh, let me tell you, it was uh, Gulfstream Park was internationally um, televised, and I mean, let me tell you, it was one heck of a day in Gulfstream Park. A lot of fans were there, a lot of good racing, good food, good entertainment. It, it was just unbelievable. And so I'm going to highlight today for you, and this is the races that we focused on at Gulfstream on uh, on the 29th. Um, we have uh, the results and the entries for you here. Uh, it was race eight on the card. It went off at 3.03 p.m. Eastern time. It was a $200,000 fillings and mares, four-year-olds and upward, um, going seven furlongs on the dirt. Uh, this was a fantastic uh, race that we had there. Um, we had some good people in there. Todd Pletcher had AG Indy in there. Day Romans had family time in there. Um, Ian Wilkes had four graces in there. Um, Mike Trambata had Jakarta in there with Irad Ortiz in the irons. Uh, Brad Cox had just one time. Uh, I mean, it, it was a it was a great race uh, race day to start off the. Uh, the last uh, four races uh, of the day there. And, I mean, it, it was good, loaded with good talent, good people. And in that race, just in time won the race. Uh, just in time was trained by Brad Cox. Um, the, the mayor uh, ran a great race, uh, went off as a favorite. And uh, it, it was just unbelievable uh, for the race that day. It was so competitive and, and so uh Exciting to watch uh, that day. Um, you know, I, everybody that was there uh, had no complaints. Um, it was a good race, um, and, it, and it was a good time. And so what I liked about it is it gave everybody a competitive uh, edge there. Uh, they, they came in, and they knew what they were going for, and um, they knew, and they had to plan these races out. These are the kind of races that you get in, and, and you have to, have some strategy in them. And uh, Brad Cox had that for him, just like he does in every race. And it, it was a great race. Uh, that, that was the inside information uh, there. And then um, the next race that we had on the card, which was race nine, it went off at 3.36 um, p.m. Eastern time, um, was the Pegasus World Cup Philly and, uh, Philly and Mare Turf. Um, it, it was a great race. They were going a mile and a 16th, on the turf, and the rail was at 55 feet um, in there, and the purse on this was $500,000. And uh, let me tell you, this this race, I, I was just unbelievable uh, day that day. So many good horses in there. Uh, Todd Fletcher had Sweet Molina in there. Um, we had uh, Roger Atfield had um, Lady Spike Spears in there. Uh, Chad Brown had Regal Glory. Uh, which uh, these are all horses that are that are outstanding. Shug McGee had in a hurry in there. Um, Grand Motion had a bipartisanship from Great Britain that was in there, and this was really uh, a race that um, was open for everybody to win. Uh, it was a jockey's race um, that you might say uh, that took over uh, uh, the outcome of this race. And in this race, um, I was really surprised. I was really surprised. Jose Ortiz rode Regal Glory to victory. Um, I thought this was a good horse, but I thought there was a lot of other horses in there that could catch her, and uh, none of them did. She went by two and a half 
she looped and, and uh, down the stretch and uh, had a good mile drive and, and just won it easy. And uh, that was for Chad Brown. And Chad usually gets these horses ready for him. And uh, this was a stellar field for him to compete against um, there um, in the Pegasus uh, World Cup turf and mare, uh, mare and turf race. Um, it, it was great. Uh, they're really good at what they do there. And uh, I was just so excited to see Chad win that. Uh, he's a great horseman and he's a, a Hall of Famer. And, you know, there's not, not much you can say bad about Chad. He's really good at what he does. And then one of my favorite races, well, in fact, this is probably my favorite race on um, Pegasus Cup Day. It was race 10. It's a Fred Hooper, Fred W. Hooper Stakes um, presented by Hillendale Farms. And it's a great three, and it went off at 4.12 p.m. Eastern time. Um, it's 150000 for four-year-olds and up, and um, uh, it's a mile on the dirt. And, you know, this the mile race in a thoroughbred business, uh, you've got to have stamina. You've got to have speed. Uh, you've got to have a jockey that can uh, navigate the, the, the mile. Uh, if you make a mistake somewhere along the line, you don't have a lot of room to – corrected so uh, that's why i like this race and the fred hooper every year always gets great horses in there um todd pletcher again uh had fearless in there um which which is a nice horse um todd also had liam in there which which was a nice horse dale romans had dennis's moment billy mott had speaker's corner and um it, it was really a, a great race uh there to see uh that day and, and me being on the inside to a lot of these and privy to a lot of different things, um, I got to see uh, both of the Pletcher horses uh, do what they need to do. And, um, you know, I, I was excited about it, and I thought maybe that they were going to be right there, uh, you know, uh, with with the winner, and, uh, but they weren't. Um, speaker's Corner from, uh, for Billy Mott, he came up with a, with a win, and the horse, I mean, he just really, he he dominated that race from the get go, from from the uh, from the time the gates opened till he crossed the finish line, and it was a mile race. And so that kind of just tells you, you know, that he got out first and he ended up first. And uh, there's not much room for error, and there's not much room for catch up, uh, you know, to uh, to the leader once they get out in front of you in that mile race. And, and that's what I liked about the Fred W. Hooper. It's always exciting. You, you don't know who's going to do what in there. And then um, we come down to um, a race that uh, is, I, I would say, is probably um, a race that a lot of Europeans would like to have. It's kind of a short, shorter race for Europeans, but um, it, it's a great race to, to see. It's um it was race eleven. It went off at four forty nine p.m. Eastern time. It's the Pegasus World Cup Invitational. And when we say invitational, they're invited to it. They invite some of the best horses in the world to this race. And um, uh, we had Mark Cassie in there. Had uh, March to the Arch, uh, which is a good horse. Uh, we had a lot of uh, uh, good horses in there. Uh, Brian Walsh had Space Traveler in there. Uh, Mike Maker had a tone, um, which which are good solid horses. You got to go out and beat them. Uh, you know, you just can't f- uh, follow them around the track. Um, Barkley Tag had Doswell in there. Uh, Chad Brown had um, uh, Sacred Life uh, in there. Um, and I mean, it, it was just un- unbelievable. Todd Fletcher had never surprised in there, and Colonel Liam, and uh, Colonel Colonel Liam. Is a horse that let me tell you when you see him uh, running on Saturday, you got to start beating him on on Thursday night when you when the entries come out. Um, they came out uh, of the gate, and uh, uh, Colonel Liam just stalked the the leaders, and he wins by one. And then um, come up again, uh, Todd's second horse in there, uh, never surprised. Uh, he stopped his stable mate and he runs second in it. Now this was a million dollar race. And, uh, I'm telling you, it's just, it was a great one. Uh, uh, Liam, uh, he was by Liam's map. Uh, 
uh, he's just un- unreal. Um, this Colonel Liam is just like his bloodline. It was all right there. And uh, it was a million, like I said, it was a million dollar race. And it was a good day for the top pressure value, uh, stable because 531,000 went to the stable. Second place had 177,000. So, you know, that, that's a great day, you know, for a race that, uh, that you're involved in, um, on Pegasus Day. And, and I mean, I, I tell you, it's, it, there's just so much to the horse industry, uh, horse shows, horse racing. Um, once you start getting behind the scenes, you really start appreciating everything that you see. And on our website uh, today uh, will be the last day that it's up. We had the Pegasus World Cup that was run on the 29th. It's a $3 million in one of the most prestigious races in the world. Um, I mean, it's an invitational. And let me tell you, you had, he had the 2021 Horse of the Year Knicks Go in it uh, by Brad Cox. Uh, we had um, uh, Life is Good, um, which is um, a Breeders' Cup uh, mile uh, winner uh, for Todd Pletcher. We had Empty Tomb uh, by uh, Mr. Falcone, a uh, great, great, uh, great trainer. Um, we had Sir Winston, uh, Mark Cassie, uh, had title ready for Dallas Stewart. Mike Maker had endorsed. And... Um, uh, J.J. Toner had commandeer. So it, it was a good, solid race uh, from horses all over the country that came in and, and to do it good. And uh, just to let you know, uh, Nick's goal, uh, which was Horse of the Year in 2021, um, was um, this was his last race. Uh, they were retiring him and sending him to stud. And uh, he, he was just unbelievable. Uh, they were owned, He's owned by the Korean Racing Authority. And um, so it, it was uh, uh, a nice day for him. Um, everything looked like he was going to go on to be the the, uh, the favorite in the race. But at post time, he went off at second favorite, and that that was uh, that was quite quite interesting. Uh, right at the end, uh, people jumped on life's life's good. Um, this was going a mile and one eighth on the dirt, and um, the the interesting part about this was is is um, uh, life is good seems to, to be maybe the world's best sprinter. And, uh, you know, uh, we were waiting to see how this would do, how he would handle a mile and an eighth, you know, going against this type of, uh, uh, you know, uh, horses. Uh, I mean, it, it was just unbelievable. Um, so the, the race goes off and, uh, life is good comes out of the four hole, uh, out of the four, uh, stall. Uh, next goal comes out of the, the one, one stall. Immediately, life is good, jumps to the front by two. At the half mile pole, he was three and a half in front. At the three quarters pole, he was four and a half in, in front. And he wins by three and a quarter lengths off the rail and had a mile drive. Um, so he got out there and the fractions were good. Uh, you know, he, he, he really ran like, like a, a true champion. Um, I, I was just amazed, um, you know, to see him him do this. Um, he's a China Horse Club Incorporated and one star owned uh, horse. Um, it, it was just a, a great race. Uh, Mexico ran a great race. He just, uh, you know, didn't get to jump out like he should have. And um, uh, life is good added to his uh, to his money and his earnings. Uh, he put a million seven hundred fifty-five thousand in the bank, um, which was really good. And then um, next goal, which is uh, had over eight million dollars in earnings, he put five hundred eighty-five thousand dollars on top of that eight million, and um, so it, it was really a good race. Uh, next goal is a good horse. All the horses in this field were very good, and you'll see those coming up through the summertime, um, you know, at different tracks around the country, and, and also, you know, it's. It's been a struggle to get through all this here. They had so much going on. It's been cold weather here in Florida. And, uh, you know, we've had down into the 30s, and, and it's a big change on the horses. And, you know, we had quite a bit of rain here and there. So it was really something that was different. And also, uh, you know, it just goes to show you that um, every racetrack has its day. Like Mammoth is going to have their day this summer. Um, it's good to go to Mammoth. It's up on the Jersey Shore. There's plenty to do there. 
other than horse racing. Uh, you know, you can spend a good afternoon at the races, and then you got good places to go out and eat at night. And same thing here at uh, Gulfstream Park in Hollandale Beach, Florida. Um, you know, that's great racing. They've got a great facility there. They have a casino. Um, you know, you name it, they've got it there. And you're right on the ocean or close to the ocean there. And there's plenty to do. So whenever you start thinking equine events and uh, you look at a place like Gulfstream or Monmouth Park or Churchill Downs or, or uh, Cumberland Run, um, you know, you can make a weekend out of it. It's just not like you're going there for two or three hours of, uh, of horse racing, you know, that, that type of thing. Um, you know, there's plenty to do other than the horse end of it. And so now we're going to get in here to some things that uh, we're talking about, uh, about our documentary, how they get there. It's about the 20, how they get to the 2022 Kentucky Derby. And, um, last week, um, on the 29th also, which is another big day, uh, you know, that you, that we just went over, uh, we had, um, the grade three, uh, Southwest stakes. It was race nine at, um, Oakland Park. And it's a when it's a derby points race. And so you get a lot of real good, uh, you know, horses involved in this race and everybody's pointing to the derby because you don't have much time to get your points to the derby. You got to really start looking at what you're doing. Um, Dallas Stewart had uh, Ben Diesel in there, uh, which is really good. And Kenny McPeak had dash attack and, um, uh, they had, um, uh, COVID, uh, by Hart, uh, with Mr. Hartman in, in there. And uh, Steve Asmussen had uh, Costa Terra in there, uh, which was really good. And, and D-Wayne Lucas had Ignis in there. Uh, then uh, uh, or uh, a trainer by the name of J.A. Ortez had Barber Road in there. And I thought that horse would be the horse that might win this thing. Uh, Steve Asmussen had another one in there, classic moment. Bob Baffert had Newgrange uh, in the race, uh, which is a phenomenal horse from out west. And then, uh, uh, so it, it was a good race. It's uh, for three-year-olds up $750,000 going a mile and a 16th on the dirt. And, um, this is a, a derby point race. And, uh, you know, it's, well, I, I keep saying, and, uh, a lot of them don't name a horse at and, uh, uh, in here and see what, what, what he does. And he finished second. That's probably what I'll, I'll be saying on him. But, um, anyhow, in the uh, Southwest States, um, Bob Baffer comes in from California with New Grange, and this horse um, just dominated the horse from the get-go. Um, everybody tried to stay with him, tried to go with him, and it, it just um, they just couldn't do it. He ends up winning by uh, a length and a half, and um, he was four and a uh, four wide, a quarter um, uh, found more room, and, and just drew off with it. Um, that I mean that that was a nice race for Bob. He did a great job getting this horse ready. Um, it was $450,000 to the winner, and it also gave you uh, derby points for the Kentucky Derby. And what's interesting about this is we don't know if these points that uh, Bob earned today are on the 29th in the, in the Southwest States is going to be um, accepted by Churchill Downs. Uh, Bob has some issues that he's going through uh, with Naira and Churchill Downs and racing just as a whole, and they're, they're trying to figure out exactly um, you know, what the deal is and, and you know, who's going to do what and, and if his horses get in. And it's going to be interesting because Bob's probably got four or five horses that that are close to earning enough points to get into the Derby. And uh, if he doesn't, uh, it's going to be an interesting situation to see how that all unfolds. But we'll know they're, they're, uh, they're in court with it now. We'll know. Uh, by Monday, you know what exactly happens. But um, on how they get there, uh, the Southwest Stakes and the Stakes race that we highlighted last week, uh, being a Derby points race, and now this this coming week, uh, February the 5th, uh, we go to Aqueduct, and Aqueduct is hosting the $250,000 mile and one-eighth on the dirt wither stakes. And historically, this has been a, a, a nice uh stakes to have to, to under your resume uh, for winning. It's a historical stake that a lot of great horses gone on to win. Um, there's 11 horse field in here. Um, Mike Maker has um, Grantham in there. Billy Mott has uh, Gilded Age. 
Uh, Kelly Ring's got a uh, Covacere in there, um, which is a nice horse. Um, Dutro has Unjoy uh, in there. I think that's how I said. Might probably wrong, but and then but Chad Brown has uh, early voting, and um, Mike Trombetta's got a horse called a Maryland brand called Mister Jefferson. Um, so I, I think he's going to be a good horse to to keep an eye on there. That's Mike Trombetta with Mister Jefferson. Um, he, he's a good horse. Comes out of a Maryland stable. Um, he's just uh, somebody I think that's going to sneak up on him because uh, they they don't see much about him. Uh, you know, out on, on the Derby Trail, you don't hear much about him uh, and everything. But um, you know, this the weather stakes at Aqueduct on the fifth, and post time for that is 4:25 Eastern time, and you'll be able to see that on IENTV.org uh, on Saturday afternoon. Then we go down to uh, Gulfstream Park, uh, the Holy Bull Stakes, uh, 510 Eastern Time Post. It's a $250,000 three-year-olds uh, going a mile and a 16th. So as you can see here, um, we're getting into the mile and eighth and mile and a 16th races, and it's just to really test and see if your horse is ready to run. Um, you know, if he's if he's on the right track, on the right path to the Derby, and um, you're going against good competition. Uh, that anybody could win any of these races. Uh, you're stretching out from a mile to a mile and an eighth, uh, you know, that type of thing. And so, um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see. But like I said, this is a $250,000 added in there. And, and um, we have in here, Top Punch has Modonigo in there. Uh, he's the favorite at three to one. Um, we have Billy Mott has Galt in there, uh, which, which is a nice horse. And Billy's always got him ready to roll. Um, we have um, uh, Rusty Arnold's got a horse called Spinwheel, and uh, he's a long shot at 20 to 1, but he's got Julianne LaPrue in the, in the irons, and I think, um, you know, this, this might be uh, Rusty's day today. Uh, he might sneak this horse up in there and, and you know, get something with it. Uh, Todd Pletcher's carrying 124 pounds um, in this race, and uh, Todd has used this race before to set him up for winning the Florida Derby. And what I like about this race in here, it's a good purse money. It's a mile and a 16. And the thing that I like about it the most is that um, if you've got a good horse and you go in as the favorite, like Todd is, um, you're looking at 124 pounds that he's going to be carrying. Now, remember, the Derby carries 126 pounds. So every time Todd takes a horse to the gate over here in their quest uh, for the Kentucky Derby on how they get there. He's always getting his horses ready um, in, in Palm Beach Hounds and at Gulfstream uh, and Aqueduct. He gets them ready to go and so this is going to be a true test. He'll be really uh, it'll really be good to evaluate this horse because he is carrying 122 pounds and, and that's what I like about this, um, this race here. Um, to add another uh, or 124 pounds, sorry about that, to add another two pounds for him, it's not going to be uh, that difficult uh, because after this race here, he'll lose, um, you know, his horse there uh, will come in and uh, uh, McDonagall, he'll lose some weight, but he'll gain some weight and he'll mature a little more um, from it. You know, uh, Todd knows how to get these horses to recover. Uh, a lot of trainers train a horse and point him towards a race. Todd trains them to recover from a race so they can go on down the road and be successful like he was with Life is Good in the $3 million race at Gulfstream last week. And then um, on again on Saturday, um, and to show you the different ways they have of getting to the Derby, um, you know, we're, we're sitting there, we're looking at the Holy Bowl. It's a mile and 116th, um, and it's a good class field. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm sitting here thinking that's also a grade three race, um, you know, for the three-year-olds. And then you come back and you look at um, – on the race five on the, on the stake schedule on Saturday at Gulfstream, you're looking at the Claiborne Farm Swale Stakes. It's a grade three also, but it's only going seven furlongs. And so uh, that's what I, I, you know, I'm looking at is a lot of these horses are trying to prove themselves and they're trying to show, see what they've got against good quality fields opposed to, you know, uh, on the way up, uh, you know, you get a lot of horses that are uh, being a field that are, 
or they're good, but you know, they're, are they states quality? So, uh, you know, that's something that you have to uh, fight with, but um, this race is a six horse field. And so that's what I, I'm looking at. Um, you know, we're, we're looking at the uh, Holy Bulls, a nine horse field, but this is a six horse field. And I tell you what, there's a horse in here, Mr. Prankster. Um, he's for Todd Fletcher and carries uh, 120 pounds with Saez in the saddle. And I, I think that um, this is going to be a, a really good horse in here. And then um, uh, Brad Cox has got in dreams. He's a California bred, and um, he's a nice horse. He's got Ortiz in the saddle. And, and I tell you what, I think he just might be be the horse to beat. I think Fletcher and Brad Cox are from here on out to the Derby are going to go head to head in a lot of races because they've got that kind of stable, um, you know, uh, that they're training out of and uh, they're all good horses and their quality and they both know how to get the horses ready. And, uh, so it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what they do and how they do it. Um, you know, so there's a lot of exciting racing coming up on how they get there. Um, there's a lot of exciting things to do like at try on, um, for the, um, upcoming summer uh, a lot of the different shows and and uh the restaurants and the and the malls a lot a lot of these places like uh like uh Gulfstream and Tryon are putting in malls uh close uh right at the tracks or close to the tracks and, and so it, it gives you everything that you might need one it's kind of like a Disney World of the equestrian industry uh uh like at Gulfstream and and Tryon and uh, uh Wellington Florida it uh you know, at the Winter Equestrian Festival or at Lexington, you know, so it makes a good family entertainment and you don't have to plan just like a day trip. You can spend two or three days and enjoy the area that you're going to, you know, to attend these equestrian events and everything. And then um, uh, one of the things that we're, we're kind of looking at here uh, coming up um, is, uh, is uh, the Kentucky Derby. It's getting right around the corner here and now's the time to start planning out um, where you're going and what you're going to be doing and, um, you know, see if you would like to go to it. And I'll tell you what I like about the Kentucky Derby and the Preakness and the Belmont. They all have a big week uh, uh, of the uh, of entertainment that they do during the um, week of uh, the Belmont or the Preakness or the Breeders' Cup or, or the Derby, uh, you know, type thing. Uh, what I like about it is like at, uh, Churchill Downs. It's literally a 10-day deal now there at uh, Churchill and Louisville, Kentucky, and Lexington. Uh, that whole The whole state there is uh, really uh, all about equestrians. And um, you have the three-day Rolex, which we talked about last week, uh, that will be going on at the Kentucky Horse Park. Um, you have uh, a lot of shows there, uh, which is 90 miles away from Churchill Downs. Uh, you have a good long week of racing there at Churchill Downs every day. Uh, coming through. And then uh, what I like is about the Kentucky Derby Festival. Um, you have one of the largest fireworks shows in the world there. Uh, you have balloon races, hot air balloon races. You have steamboat races. Um, you have uh, chili cook-offs. Uh, uh, it's just amazing all the things that you have Derby Week to go to. Um, you know, you can go to uh, churchilldowns.com and see what all they have, uh, you know, there with it. And it's a great thing for the family to go to, something to look forward to. Um, get your derby hats out, and uh, you can go uh, see the last week of Kingland, the first week of Churchill. And uh, you don't have to have the derby to wear a derby hat when you go to the races. Uh, you can go to Gulfstream, Hot Springs, or anywhere, and the girls can put on their hats, hats derby ha- or their equine hats, we'll call them, and uh, their dresses, and the guys can dress up and um, get out of their grubby clothes and put on a nice suit and go to the races, or you can just go casual and everything. But um, that's basically it for the week. Um, another hard-fought, struggled show uh, that we've accomplished. Uh, hope everybody can uh, enjoy the equine industry at some time and point. Um, you know, if you got any questions, call us at 561-466-1272, and uh, we'll try to answer them if we can. And uh, we thank BBS, and we thank uh, Blood Horse Magazine, and Sunshine Meadows, and Delray Equestrian, and Palm Beach Downs uh, for giving us the opportunity to do what we're doing here. And uh, give us a call and uh, let us know what you're doing in the equine industry or where you would like to go. 
Um, this is Scott Miller. Looking forward to next week and uh, all the results from uh, the racing and the shows and everything next week. And we've got two special guests that will come on next week. And I think you'll be really surprised and excited when they come on. You'll probably want to call in next week. So this is Scott Miller saying good luck, happy trails.